0: guys welcome to another episode of real life stories in private practice and today i'm joined with ricky palmer from albuquerque new mexico she's an lpcc who has a group practice there welcome Hi. hi everyone i am excited for you guys to hear her story she has a unique journey and um process by which she has built her practice. So tell me first, Ricky, when did you start your practice and why?
1: I started it in April of 2016, which fairly recent. Uh, we're almost on the year mark. Uh, the why was, um, to just be frank, frank and honest with you, was I hated working for my agency. <laughs> um, that's a, that's hated not it.
0: That's not the first time I've heard that. (laughs) Oh, gosh, we're frozen.
1: Um, I try to keep things upbeat, but oh. um, So I try to keep things upbeat. However, there's just more and more coming in of what we needed to do, what we needed to do. But the turning point for me was I was a foster parent, and I really wanted to give my kids the best experience, the most healthy experience and i had two kids with me and one of them got sick at daycare and my boss said no you can't leave Oof. so that was when it started um then i started to notice other things like the control of our time the your salary but your hourly so you need to stay when we
0: hey ricky before we go further um, Hey, before we go further, it's showing like your internet is not great. Where's your router? Where are you connected?
1: I'm connected to, let me see. Is that better?
0: It's just showing it's kind of weak, so you're going in and out. And do you have a headset or that, or you need to turn your speakers down because I'm hearing reverb, like, kind of...
1: How's that? Is that better? I think so. Do you hear the reverb if I continue to talk?
0: I think it's okay now. Yeah, that's better. Um, All right. But I don't know. The internet is still kind of, uh,
1: uh, so I don't Uh, know where your router is, but. Well, I'm in a a court building, so we only have, we only have like our Wi-Fi that we get um, for the floor.
0: Okay. It may so, not be enough to handle,
1: but we'll try. Okay. Okay. No is We try this from home because I've, my husband's in computers. I know it's a lot better. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll just kind of set you up to start over and this will be edited, Janae. Um, so that was the final straw of when your boss is saying you can't go take care of a sick child right
1: and you know I, I I really got tired of hearing they're not really your kids or they're you know, we, we put up with a lot from this and I'm a type of person that's a really um, hard worker and I dedicate all my time and so I think it was difficult for them to see me actually starting to set boundaries and say this is something I need and there was a lot of pushback
0: wow. and so
1: then I reached out to the boot camp, and I, I talked with you, and, and, um, and I, I remember that talk because I was so energetic, and you guys were so energetic, and it matched my energy, and I didn't feel like it was wrong.
0: Oh.
1: So I signed up. I did your boot camp, um, I think, three months in, and then I did the perfect day worksheet, Mm -hmm. And I kept it with me on my desk for like, this kind of makes me emotional because I kept it on my desk for those three months. And then one day my boss came in and kind of just started this whirlwind of a storm. And it was so far from that perfect day worksheet that I said, I'm done, I'm done. And it's hard to leave my clients um, because I worked with kids. But at the same time, you have to take that step to make your life what you want it to be, rather than be kind of kept and locked down in a certain way, you know, it just it wasn't healthy. Mm. So I had to take that step. How long ago was that? That was um, I want to say February. The incident happened in February, and then I left two weeks after that, which was in March. 2016, so. for those people
0: who <laughs> are going to hear this in March. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, I remember the first time we did talk, one of the things I believe we talked about is your location.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, being in Albuquerque, Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? I know we were chatting briefly before we started recording about uh, Californians. (laughs) We are often seen as a little bit more flashy or where therapy is a little bit more of a part of the culture. I don't know how to say it, but we have a lot of therapists in this state. And you being in Albuquerque,
1: what was that like for you to grow a practice there? Well, I think you make an excellent point. There is kind of this cultural thing in California, Colorado, New York, where therapy is, is a norm. And here in Albuquerque, a lot of people go to therapy because it's been forced upon them, um, either probation or law, um, or, you know, we have a huge CYFD footprint here, um, which is our child youth and families division. So, um, You know, it's really difficult because clients here have to use their Medicaid. Um, We have a huge Medicaid population in in New Mexico. Um, And just getting through the barrier of people reaching out to private practices for treatment, um, it's a huge barrier because people on probation get referred to certain agencies. And I've worked at those agencies, and they're – they treat the clients kind of like a repetition or a McDonald's drive-through, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's um, fit them in spots, get them in, get them out. Mm-hmm. And I'm a different therapist because I really like uh, tuning to my clients. I really like connecting with my clients, and um, and sharing with them, and helping them feel connected to the world. Mm-hmm. So. You know Albuquerque. That, that's been one of my my barriers, but we've broken through that now with the group practice, and it's 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 really forming good relationships, and I think is overall positive for my clients.
0: Right. So when you think about um, someone's listening, because I hear this often, you know, where I live, it's a lot of Medicaid or it's highly insurance based, and you do only cash pay or are you on panels, Ricky?
1: I'm on one panel. Um, it's called New Mexico Health Connections, mm-hmm. and it's our primary um, insurance panel here. And they actually have a pretty good track record as far as payments and um, having uh, good relationships with their clinicians and their clients. So we really reached out and got on that panel. Um, but for the most part, um, we struggled with the fee structure in the beginning. See more. Um, <laughs> I had a somewhat higher fee, uh, because of my expectations and that fee setting really took some time to kind of allow some movement for the client, but then keep what I needed to make for myself and for my partner. So finding that fee probably was the hardest thing. How did you do it? Um, kind of meeting in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like the perfect amount that that I needed or that I wanted and then finding ways to eliminate expenditures so that I could come down a little bit and then client could come in because at downtown you have to pay for parking, Mm. um, you know, and in order to show up for session on time, you have to come about 10 minutes early and then 10 minutes over and it's, it's a dollar per 20 minutes. Right. So that can be a lot. So what we did was we we started paying for the parking, validating the parking. Then the clients would pay more for their session. And so that worked out. Nice. Yeah.
0: See, I like that. I like that meeting in the middle and looking at like what you can give in order to um, get to where you need to be too. you know, and not at the sacrifice of your health or sanity. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking in this past year, you've built it you've built up this practice, which awesome job, by the way, congrats. Um, All those thoughts of like, Oh, this is a Medicaid town and Oh, people don't seek out therapy. What has helped you break through those barriers?
1: Um, Just communicating with the client. Once they, they call you and they say, I really need help with this, or I really need, To understand this about myself, but I need to use my Medicaid. I I just connect with them in that first phone call, and we we talk a little bit. We um, kind of understand why they need to use their Medicaid because that could be an additional stressor, and then so I just ask things like, "What would it be like if you know we could get you on a sliding fee scale?" and you know, you can come meet with me. And if it's not a good fit, then we work around it. Cause a lot of the times, but their expectation of therapy here, at least with about 90% of the people I meet have a really low expectation of counseling. Mm. They've been to the agencies before uh, yeah, and they expect just somebody sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you need to do this. So then when they actually come in the door and they meet with me, and they feel that it's different, then they say, wow, you know what, actually this is something I want to pay for. This is something I want to do. That's awesome. I have chills, Ricky. I,
0: I do because you're changing people's perception about how therapy can help them. And one of the things, if you guys aren't picking up on, is Ricky changed her process, how she talks in the initial consult, how she still lays out the options. And how she knows that how she serves is different um, than what the average clinician in the area is doing in an agency where they're overwhelmed and uh, short-staffed and all those things. So really it didn't – it sounds like did it really change much in terms of how you marketed? Did that shift because you're working with different clients or – the calls came, it was just shifting how you worked with the calls that
1: came in. I think it was a little bit of both, but I started with the communication, just getting the phone calls in and and the communication and really trying to meet their needs and see where they're at. Because my colleague is, um, she's an amazing substance abuse professional that um, works with motivational interviewing and she just has all of this extensive training and so that was another barrier for us, too, is that even though substance abuse is prominent here in New Mexico, our substance abuse professionals are extremely under um, appreciated. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of uh, reform how she talked about herself, too, because mm-hmm. hear them say, I'm just a substance abuse professional. i just, <laughs> just Just that. <laughs> is always a just. red flag word. <laughs> Mm -hmm. right so then as people started to call and say well i have substance abuse issues i would encourage them to talk with her and when they talked with her she's so relatable that they were like okay now i can see myself getting sober rather than somebody just laying the label of alcoholism on me or laying the label of addiction you know addicted on me right we um we had that at first then we moved to about four months ago we signed on for brighter vision and they took our self-designed wordpress website mm-hmm. which i do remember
0: it by the way uh? i do
1: remember it, <laughs> what it <was> like <laughs> and um it was it was a cool website for a non-professional to do yes but, but then when we moved it over to brighter vision and he changed And just, I think their 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 name is perfect because the whole website became brighter. Yes, it did. I was like, this is not the same site. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and they did so wonderful with it. And then like, I remember um, with the WordPress site, just to get the the logo to fit in the you know the title, it took me like two and a half, three hours, and I was like, come on, Ricky, you can do this. Over to Brighter Vision and we had one meeting and I was like, Can you make that a little bit smaller? And he did it in like a like <laughs> a quarter of a second. And I was like, Oh my gosh.
0: See, this is where this is where um I will say for those of you listening, outsourcing that which sucks up your time and is not your expertise is a good idea sometimes because those three hours you could spend seeing clients or spend at home with family, you know, <laughs> instead of trying to resize a logo. Now I am a total DIYer, you know for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, even I outsource some of it just because there's bits that I get frustrated with. So good for you. I mean, the site looks awesome. I'll put the link to it in the notes. I want to. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about you being in a partnership and starting out in a partnership, correct? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that because that's a little unconventional (laughs) in terms of what we say, what we usually find is people start out in a single private practice. Then as they're, they have enough clients, they have some stability then adding. So do you guys own the business together or it's a contract employee? What is the setup and why did you go this route?
1: So, um, like you said, it's unconventional, but, um, the reason we did it this way is Liz and I have been colleagues and best friends for about six years. Mm -hmm. So it really just felt right. Cool. And also a part of me, my insecure part. Um, I'm a very boisterous person. I'm a very outgoing person. I'm a very like, like you know, pedal to the metal person, and she's the exact opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> Formulates, she thinks, she processes, right. um, and so I said, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, I would really like to know if you want to do it too. And she was a little hesitant because of the the just word. I'm just this. I'm just that. Mm. And I encouraged her, and I just said, you know, just really think about this because this could be our future, and I gave her the perfect day worksheet, and I said, you know, try this out, and she came back to me, and she's like, how are we going to name it, how do we find what name we want, mm. and we went back and forth, back and forth, Albuquerque names, therapy names, and I think we were just kind of sitting there, and we were like, we just want people to kind of accept themselves for who they are,
0: mm.
1: and then she was like, that's it. And so we came up with the name. So then once we had the name, it was 100% that we were going into this together. Because it was a vision together. Awesome. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think um, you bring up a very good point. I say if you're going to partner with someone, they need to bring something that you don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, people could look at Miranda and me and think like, oh, we're both extroverts or actually not. Um, Miranda's more like an ambivert and I'm the extrovert. Miranda is wildly creative. I am in other ways, unlike her, but I'm, I'm pretty like methodical. Like this morning, even we had a meeting and we're talking about designing and all this stuff. And I was like, well, let's talk about the process. <laughs> um, I'm the organizer. She's the gatherer of information. She has a memory like no other. So I think that, um, just like in a marriage, it's complementary and, um, being really aware that the other person has what they're bringing. And, and for you, your partner being a substance abuse counselor, it's different, you know, too, than what you're doing in some ways. So it kind of enhances the practice. I love, I just wanted to highlight it because it is a little different than what is recommended or talked about. Um, But how has it worked out for you guys?
1: Oh, it's been amazing because um something I wanna note is actually the freedom to do that came from, you know, watching you two. I mean, even your website is Kelly and Miranda and <laughs> it's just it's there's this closeness and this connectedness. And so when people talk with us, it used to be funny because there was never Ricky without Liz or Liz without Ricky. No. <laughs> but we're actually very strong independent counselors. Yeah. So it's benefited our business because if I get a client um, in and their depression is really what's driving their drinking, I can help work on their depression and we can kind of um, satiate their need um, to not feel so alone and we can be connected. However, they can also meet with her in addition and get techniques and relapse prevention stuff um, to really feel like they have a team behind them. Mm-hmm. They connect with me in a different way, they connect with her, but it still feels like they have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a particular client who has been on methadone for three years and trying to really um, figure out something different and the second that person started meeting with us, there were shifts and changes that you know, she's she's down to half a dose and we've been seeing her for about six months and it it just shows it just shows that the connectedness works
0: yeah I love that see seeing your strengths in your practice sort of like how like even just elevating the experience from when they come in to parking to having someone else that has an expertise for what traditionally is thought of at least in California in my experience Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a client on methadone it 's always like, Well, go to this agency that contracts you know mm-hmm. and they 'll manage that um, versus doing it privately and some of the the value of that it's it 's really cool that you 're doing it i i don 't know I just it 's one of the things I liked about when I first met you I was like this is this is unique and special and very much needed it 's not like you ha- the, that mentality of like, how am I going to find clients? You don't need a thousand. <laughs> you just need, you know, 20, 30, I don't know, whatever that number is, but it's not everybody. And, um, and that you're able to help in a deeper way and a way that the clients really feel and appreciate
1: Yeah, something
0: to be proud of too.
1: Thank you. That makes me feel really just- awesome that
0: you say that yeah I'm sure anyone listening I'm hoping you guys are inspired too by Ricky's story that um Going outside of the box can really pay off, and also learning to confront some of these ideas or these barriers that we perceive and finding ways to work around them or work with them if they really are true barriers um, is important. And now you're thriving in your practice. What do you think is up ahead for you guys?
1: Oh, um, hmm, growth and the uh, opportunity for training. Um, Liz and I are uh, accelerated, experiential, dynamic psychotherapy people who have mm-hmm. been training for the past, like, year and a half. Cool. And so we're extending on that because um, that's a new therapeutic technique by Diana Foscia. Um, and just I, – I woke up yesterday, and I had gotten a text Sunday night that told me that my professor from a college I went to right after high school in Wyoming was traveling from Texas to Arizona and he was coming through Albuquerque. And if I had still been in an agency, I wouldn't have been able to meet with him. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a private practice <laughs> where I can go get coffee when I want, I can go to the bathroom when I want, <laughs> and I could go meet with him. I could. I could actually sit and have coffee with him and talk and, and, um, it, it was, it's those points where you have to just really open your eyes and see, this is a goal that I set so long ago and I, I made it, you know, and that kind of makes me tear up because it's like, you know, you fight for something and you get it. hmm You deserve
0: it. Yeah. You're yeah. a hard worker girl. Seriously. I've seen, I know behind that boisterous is, is a lot of determination too. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about I'm the per- perfect day that was sitting on your desk, <laughs> how's it going now?
1: Oh, um, I actually should do the worksheet again because I achieved that. like. <laughs> <much. Awesome>. so, <laughs> so I need to kind of go more future and, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause I just desire to really make this, um, make this everything, make this what I do for the next twenty years, and then also what I do to retire. Um, I find, you know, you two are an inspiration um, to changing counseling because even clinicians coming out of grad school are talking with me and they're saying, you know, what's it like to be in a private practice? That sounds scary. I can't do that. I need to go to an agency and they go to an agency for 14, $15 an hour. And you know, that's sadly lower than what we pay most of our fast food workers here in Albuquerque. And so they're struggling to pay back their student loans. They're struggling to um, have cars their clients actually have more than they do and their counselors really putting themselves on the edge of helping people. And so like you're an inspiration and Kelly's an inspiration to really break that mold Mm. because that's being taught to them in grad school.
0: Yeah.
1: This is your penance. You, you have to do this.
0: The penance. And
1: Mm. you know, if anything, that's, that's where I feel inspired to go next is to make sure that that, um, that's, belief gets mm-hmm. shifted a little bit, shifted a lot.
0: Yeah. You know. Are you really involved with other therapists in your community?
1: Mm-hmm. There's um, Southwest Behavioral IPA mm-hmm. um, that I got affiliated with, and they are actually on the forefront of kind of arguing with NCOs, um, the managed care organizations, to say what uh, private practices can provide um and so I really like working with them right now I'm just kind of on the welcoming committee when people call because I'm not um I'm not too well set in the community but it's just offering my time and paying you know dues to be in the in in that type of organization means a lot mm-hmm. to me too
0: great yeah. Well, if people want to reach out to you, if they need training and some of the stuff that you do, um, where can they find you? um, Well, my
1: website has, through Brighter Vision, uh, has a beautiful, beautiful contact us email at the top. (laughs) Before, I couldn't even figure out how to put the phone number on the webpage. (laughs) Um, It's um, acceptance. A-C-C-E-P-T-A-N-C-E Counseling N M for New Mexico dot com. Cool.
0: Ricky, thank you for sharing your story. I'm oh, inspired <laughs> to keep doing what I do just from hearing about the changes you've made in just a year. It's really mm-hmm. awesome and congrats to you and your partner mm-hmm. and I'm excited for what next year holds for you guys <laughs> and um let me know what happens with your new private practice vision. I'm curious what's going to be on there this round. So, what I put. And for those of you guys that are listening, um, give Ricky a shout out below in the blog. Say hello. Share this with someone that could use it. We all need to be talking about our practices and being honest about the process, what's helped us, what the barriers have been kind of demystifying all of this. There's no need for that. Um, there's a lot of people in our world that need help and we all can be serving them and, um, still making a living wage (laughs) doing so. So, um, please share these stories and, um, in the comments below, if you have a story
1: you want to share, please feel free. All right. Next time guys. See you then.